Today, we're joined by David Cross, Senior Vice President and CISO at Oracle SaaS Cloud. David has an impressive cybersecurity resume, including security leadership roles at Google and Microsoft, as well as currently Oracle. Uh, so I know he has a lot of valuable insights, and I'm super excited to have uh, David on our show today. How are you this morning? Great, Gene. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to engage. I, I always love these opportunities to have a dialogue and kind of share our common interests. Absolutely. So uh, David and I met at a Signet event, and uh, we have uh, an upcoming episode with Robert that's going to be produced. But I was when I met David, I was really impressed with the, all the great things he was doing, and obviously uh, working for some large companies. So I thought it would be great for our listeners and you know that are new to cybersecurity or maybe aspiring to be uh, you know achieve your level of success. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk with you. So thanks for uh, joining us today. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So you transitioned from the military into the world of uh, tech. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and kind of share some advice for uh, military people that are looking to make the transition? Sure. I think there's one of the big things is we've got a lot of technology today, which makes it quite a bit, a lot of advantages that we didn't have, you know, 25 plus years ago. I never thought I'd be the guys talking about 25 years ago when I was walking <laughs> through the snow. Uphill, but, no shoes, both ways, right? <laughs> exactly. And a big part of it is, I think now, is the opportunities for networking and connections is so much better than it was, you know, 25 years ago. And what we find now is things like the social media and LinkedIn and other things. It's not just monster.com, right? Is that we can actually start to research and reach out to people to understand of what will companies be looking for? What do they want? And how do you get in, right? And you can start this much, much earlier before your end of service, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait. So I'm gone and and now it's like, what do I do? So I think that's a big thing that I like to call out from the very start. No, I think that's great advice. And we had uh, Tom Quinn, the CISO of T. Rowe, Patty Titus, CISO at Markel, both uh, with military service like yourselves. So thank you all for doing that. But I think similar advice that they're given is like, you know, reach out. Many of the skills that you have, you know, really apply to what we're doing. So yeah, build it. Absolutely. I think that's great. So when, when we talk about the uh, cybersecurity community and it being a supportive place, you know, how do you think, how can both we as companies, as well as veterans you know, kind of connect to help fill this uh, big shortage that we have in cybersecurity? Well, I think one of the big elements that uh, is an advantage in the training that we get, you know, in military, it's all about discipline. It's about, you know, following the checklist, right? It's about integrity. It's about how to operate, you know, under fire, right? If you will, under tense situations. And I think there's an element is that we're always forced to learn as well, right? And so I think in cybersecurity is that we need people that can operate under tension. They actually know how to have playbooks. Like we have, let's say, a potential breach or an incident is right. You have playbooks. You need to follow those. You need to be operate under fire. And I think military people are really trained in those types of functions and that type of discipline. And sometimes those early or, you know, the kind of the, the early stage, you know, uh, positions, right? Military people are ideal for those because they're passionate. They have, uh, they're into learning and they know how to follow the order. Yeah, absolutely. And coming from uh, uh, two companies ago, I was uh, in the incident response space. So I had one of the uh, early SOAR platforms that we ended up selling to IBM. And to your point, it's exactly that. It's checklists of how do you approach a breach and then how do you practice it? Because as we know, companies uh, still have difficulty doing that, but there's now some platforms that really help with that. And I think that to your point, from a military perspective, that's what the military is based on. You know, 
a set of plans, a set of rules, uh, and then some agility to understand that they, things don't usually go to plan. So that thinking aspect that military people are also taught, I think, is also a piece of it. And the last thing I, I think about is it's dynamic. So I think maybe that's sometimes not something people think about from a military perspective. Uh, that is a, a nice bonus coming into cybersecurity because it is so dynamic. There's another element I'd like to add is, you know, for the military is that, you know, it's the overall, you know, ethics is certainly, you know, in the military service is that you have to be honest, right? You have to have integrity, right? And it's also the military. It is a slice of society. It's a very diverse, right? The military. And I think this is something that you're looking to actually improve the diversity, be more inclusive, you know, for your organization, you know, pulling from veterans is a great source of exactly that, right? Is bringing in not just uh, that demographic, but the overall set of ethics and principles into your company. Yeah, well said. So we really encourage uh, people in the military. I was thinking today with my producer uh, that I think we should group some of our military podcast and kind of set those aside and put those as a separate push out to the community because we've just heard so many people giving great advice in this area. So, you know, thank you for sharing in that area. So just switch topics a little bit. So you've worked some really big corporations and for our listeners thinking about entering the cybersecurity industry, what are some of the pros and cons of working for a company like Oracle or Google versus a small company like ThreatX? That's a great question. I think the an element is, you know, I think the larger enterprises, they're going to be enterprise focused, right? And so they are, in some ways, you could actually say they may not be government-like, right? But they be much more of uh, more structured. They much may have, you know, uh, specific criteria and those type of things. And if do you like the enterprise? Is that what you're passionate about? Is that the you know, are you want to follow structure? Versus there's a lot of smaller companies, you're gonna have a lot more independence, right? you're going to have maybe a much more dynamic and broader set of responsibilities. And so I think it's what your passion is. And I think we're all slightly different in some ways. I can say myself is I'm an enterprise person. I'm not the consumer type. And so that's why I make the choice for large companies. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not a right or wrong. It really is about what you want to accomplish being a part of a team. And I, I always, uh, listeners have heard this before, but I, I talk about my brother my brother works for Palo Alto. He works in one of their divisions that sells to one of the, the military groups. And, you know, it basically has a big number and he wants to take a lot of great products, which Palo has a lot of them, and sell a lot of those products to one part of the military. That's what he wants to do. And that's what he does every year. And it's tens of millions of dollars a year. It's a very hard job, but it's also very black and white. And you know, I came to ThreadX. We were 14 people. We're 50 people today. And we had to think about, you know, what's our meeting etiquette, you know, and how do you set up Salesforce, which is our, our uh, basically tracking of leads in the back. Like he doesn't want to think about any of that stuff. He just wants that stuff to be done. And he wants to think about the learning curve as there are hundreds of people, if not thousands of people who have done his job before and versus being the creative type. So neither are right or wrong. It's just to your point, figuring out what you want. And the other thing that I, I do, I've got my biases to smaller companies is Sometimes people think big is safe and small is risky. And the nuance that I say there is, I think the risks are very similar, slightly different, but very similar. I said, because big companies, as we know, sometimes have to lay people off and small companies have to lay people off. I said, the difference is 
In a big company, you're probably not going to see it coming. And in a small company, you're going to see it a mile away. So it's a question of, do you want to have that information to know the company isn't doing well on a real-time basis? Or do you suddenly want to be handed a, well, people don't go to offices very much. So I'll, I'll use an old, <laughs> I'll be handed a box. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, again, it is ultimately about what journey you want to take. And, and there's awesome opportunities at both ends of the spectrum. You know, analogy I always like to use in this case is kind of the, I'm a runner, right? And so it's like there's 5Ks, there's 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, and there's ultras, right? They're actually very, very different, right? You don't see that people that are elites in all of those categories, right? And kind of like how you're training for the 5K is very different than training for a half marathon or marathon. And I think it's your choice of what you prefer and like to do and passion about, and that's the choice that you make. Yeah, well said. So we didn't hit on this in the prep, but I'm also a big runner, David. So uh, we have something in common. I run mostly marathons. So uh, not very fast, but I've run a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm more of the half marathon type. I've done my marathon and I said I've checked that off. And especially the element, I think, of the marathon is that it's not just the race, right? It's about the overall lifestyle and the, the training, right? And it's not just a one-time event, you know? And it's your choice of lifestyle, right? Yeah. But I can say that uh, I'm a big world traveler and I've you know, run on every continent, including Antarctica. One of the delights of travel is when you go running in a new city and you explore and see things that you could have never seen any other way. Yes, uh, absolutely. And that, that's what happens, listeners, when two runners find out they like to run, they start talking about running. But uh, <laughs> I think you hit on something that I'm just going to compliment or, or maybe pile on a little bit, I should say, is like most of us can't go out and just run a marathon having never run again. It is months and months and months. And I think that's like any job. If you want to get great at it, it's all the small things you do over long periods of time that suddenly make you the expert at it or, or become proficient at it at a minimum. So Yeah, there is a great analogy to that. So in our prep call, you mentioned the importance of demonstrating skills over certifications. And this is another hot button that we hear, especially for our new listeners, because sometimes when they don't have a lot of experience, they say, okay, let me go spend a lot of money that they probably don't have on on certs uh, to try to break into the industry. So what are your thoughts on this topic? I think this is a, a very important one. I think there's a lot of people that say, oh, you've got to gear a CISSP or name your favorite certification, and that's what's going to get you in. Well, actually, I've never had those, right? But how did I get? I'll be honest. If I go back 25 some years ago, right, I actually took a leave, uh, a week of leave at the military, and I went and took a class, a Microsoft certification class for Windows NT Workstation 3.51, right? And I got my first certification because I wanted something to get into the door, right? How can I say I've got something? Please at least listen to me and look at my resume. Now today, right, that's not the only way anymore. And I think the biggest thing is that if I look at somebody's like, am I looking at what cert they have? No, actually, I think actually you can be more innovative and seeing people ask me, David, how can I get in? I said, well, do you have a blog on, let's say you wanna be a pen tester. Why don't you show what you found, what tools you developed, what skills do you have? What have you written about? You know, What type of code? Do you have something on GitHub you can share? There's so many ways to share these things of what your actual skills are and you can get your foot in the door much faster than just trying to spend hours to get and passing a test. Yeah, I think that's well said. You know, to your point, create your passion that you want. And then there are so many ways to display it, right? You create a little podcast and share that. Like, There's lots of ways that uh, simply you know, we didn't have these tools at our fingertips a long time ago. So I think it is an opportune time to and also differentiate yourself because if you just get your CISP 
you know, everybody gets that. So it's like, okay, what are you doing to really differentiate yourself in the market? And uh, I think it leads into kind of the the next part of it. You know, we talk about you know networking. I know you have some creative ways to use social media to take advantage of looking to break into the industry. So, you know, what advice can you give you know, to kind of add on to what you're just saying in terms of social media and, and just networking in general? Well, I think there's many ways of doing things. Like, I and mean, we will say, of uh, name your favorite social media. Some are more popular one day versus the next. We'll, we'll put that aside for another podcast, right. but. <laughs> But there's an element, as I say, networking, as I is like we can go back to the old book, right? Uh, was it Harvey McKay or something like that? You know, never eat lunch alone. Well, today there's an element, say, let's say you know somebody at a company that you want to get in. You want to find out how do you get in, right? Well, how do you get them to talk to you? You know, I'll say something like, why don't you say you find that person on LinkedIn or social media and say, hey, I will send you a $25 Starbucks gift card if you'll give me 10 minutes of your time just so I can learn something about your company. Or I'll give you a $100 dinner gift certificate, right, if you'll spend 30 minutes with me and saying, or whatever it takes. And sometimes people will take it and they won't talk to you. It's like, but if you say $25 or $100, but wow, if it costs you $100 to get insight and 30 minutes from an insider of a company that you want and are passionate to get into, that is so cheap compared to everything else, right? Is just be disruptive, find yeah. a way in and go after it. Yeah, and I think that offer, probably people won't even take you up on it, but it, it'll be something different that, uh, you know, as opposed to, hello, my name is blah, 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 and I want to blah, blah, and it's about, it's like, hey, you know, I think the world of your company, and I'll give you 25 bucks for a little bit of time to just tell me about it because I want to make this my top priority. I think it's a great idea. And we talk about this a lot. I think what you'll find in the cyber industry, because we all see the shortage of talent that we do want to be welcoming. Now, uh, you know, people like you know David or, and other people are very, very busy. So you got to be succinct. And you got to own the ask and you got to own all the follow-up, you know? So if you're going to ask David, like, hey, I want to really work for Oracle. I want to figure it out. And he's nice enough to give you 15 minutes. If he gives you some advice and says, follow up, then you won't follow up. Don't be surprised when you never hear from David again. If you're proactive, I'm sure you know, we're always investing in those types of relationships. We can't help. We can point you to somebody who can. But you got to think about ways to differentiate yourself and, and put yourself out there because you know it's a busy environment for all of us. You know, Gene, I think an element is really, it's about being passionate, right? You think about yourself and people you run encountered, right? People that are so passionate, they're like, I want in, I want in, I win, you know? And it, you always give them a second look, right? And I can save into my days at Microsoft. Even when I was in, I you know kept banging on the door to get into Microsoft, but I started off in Microsoft Consulting Services, but I wanted to get in the product group, right? They wouldn't let me in, right? They said, well, David, the program manager, they write white papers, they speak at conferences. So you know what I did? I took vacation on my own time to go speak at the RSA conference at Microsoft Tech Ed. And I wrote five white papers in my own time because I was on books, right? Because eventually they said, okay, fine, you've got so much passion, we'll let you in and give you a try. But if you think about someone that wants to get into your company and they're always banging to her, say, Gene, can you give me a project? I'll do it on my free time. It's all yours, right? Just give me a project and I want to prove myself. Yeah, It's hard to turn those people down. So display the passion, you're going to get in. Yeah, well said, David. And thank you for joining us today. I knew you'd be an awesome guest and I think you gave some great insight to you know, what it's like to work for a large company, as well as uh, equally as important, what it's like to transition from the military. So our military friends out there, please think about building up your network before you're out. Uh, so you're not starting from a dead stop. 
and uh, start using social media and some creative tips that uh, David shared with us today. As a reminder to our listeners looking to learn more and really up their cybersecurity skills, uh, you can get one year free of our content from ThreatX Academy by using the promo code podcast. ThreatX Academy offers a wide variety of topics, and you can uh, start by going to academy.threatx.com. Thank you again, David. Uh, You've been a great guest. I really appreciate your time because I know how busy you are. So thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thanks, Gene. And thanks for supporting the community. And uh, thanks for uh, sharing uh, this opportunity. (music) 